All right, everybody, welcome to episode 156 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Good to be back. Glad to jump uh, into it again. Uh, good, good to see you. Um, had a ton of fun with Andrew last week. Uh, yeah, we'll get I, that double feature up this week. We'll get, yeah, we'll get we'll, last we'll, week's and this week's. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Uh, it was, that was a great show. Um, but as always, it is it is good to have you back in the seat. So let's get into it, man. Let let's start. Let's do it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, all right, Drew. I, I'll let you choose since it's your uh, your first week back. Uh, you want me to go first, or you want to take the first one here? Uh, I'll I'll let you go first in case uh, I I didn't take a look at the show sheet to make sure I'm not stepping on toes here. So I'll let you. Uh, you're typically more prepared than I am. So I, actually, you know what? I'll let you go first. I got two players for my good, so you okay. can't you can't go wrong either okay. way. Let's see if uh, let's see if I get one of them here. Uh, it, it hurts me. It hurts me as a Bills fan for this first one. Couple of uh, catch of the year nominations in this game, but uh, none bigger than fourth down and how many to go. Justin Jefferson ripping that out of the DB's hands there to keep the drive alive. Um, he is that dude. What a game! Almost 200 yards uh, receiving. Um, you know, big plays when you need them. Uh, yeah, just one of my favorite guys to watch. Uh, you know, except for in that moment. <laughs> um, it, it, and it's funny, right? Because we, it, I think it probably started with the the Odell Beckham catch. We've gotten so used to just one-hand catches. It's just normal. It's just a part of the game now. Um, George Pickens had one earlier in the season against the Browns sideline. That was a beautiful catch. but. I've never seen a one-handed catch which actually took away an interception. Like that was lined up and I can't I I can't remember who was covering Justin Jefferson at the time. My memory fails me on that. He prefers to remain anonymous. But he had the interception. It oh, yeah. was a Kirk Cousins interception. And Justin Jefferson reaches back and is like, no, that's mine. No. With one hand. With one hand. It, it's ridiculous. The first angle that I saw, I thought it was Justin Jefferson had two hands on it. And the DB had one trying to rip it out. <laughs> and then you reverse the angle and all of a sudden you realize it's both Bill's hands on it. And Jefferson's hands just in the middle ripping it down, which is, is unreal. unreal. It, it's, it's crazy. Uh, he definitely deserves um, He definitely deserves a good... Um, he he was the reason, uh, besides obviously friend of the show, Kirk Cousins, throwing him the ball. He's the reason why the Vikings won that game. Um, but you didn't get either one of the guys that I picked. So okay. I got I got two guys, and this is hard. I'm I'm actually I'm gonna bring up the guy that I, I'm going to put and then I'm gonna give a, an honorable mention because these two players are actually linked. Um my good of the week is Justin Fields. Now, have I told you, Drew, that a quarterback that completes 12 passes for 167 yards, two touchdowns, one interception? Hey, that That's not good. That's, you know. But 13 rushing attempts for 140 seven yards two more rushing touchdowns like we we what was it maybe the first month of the season like i, I want to go back mm -hmm. and look through yeah about about the first three weeks of the season you and i we were talking we both loved justin fields loved yep him. yep and we were like all right, maybe he's good, but 
the Bears have done nothing to help them on the off- offensive side of the ball. You, you trade them. Just trade them away. And I'm sure people did. I'm sure people were like, listen, I have a season and th- plus three, you know. Yep. All right. All right. The, and it wasn't like he was having top 15 games. Now, this is according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, 9.8 points week one, 6.9 points week two, 10.2 points week three. Only one of those games in double digits and just barely like four quarterback yikes. And then these last two weeks, 42.7 and 40.4 points. That's a lot of points. <laughs> QB one back to back weeks. QB one back to back weeks. Um, I don't know how long this can last. Just because in the last two weeks he's had twenty eight rushing attempts, and mm-hmm. I mean over three hundred yards rushing, three touchdowns. It's it's, it's great. I mean, this is what we all dreamed about when we were drafting him at 102, 103 last year. We did, but I'm worried about I'm worried about defensives just like selling out for the run at this point and just eight, nine in the box. Hey, just go. All right, if he wants to throw it, let him throw it because the, the passing numbers haven't been good. I mean, I, I just ripped it off. Twelve completions, four hundred and sixty-seven yards. He did have two touchdowns in the passing yeah. game as well, which will, will help out. But for real NFL, I think teams will be like, all right, we're going to sell it for the run. And if, you know, maybe you complete 15 for 180, we think we got a good chance of winning that. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Um, the good news they play Atlanta this week, so mm. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of defense in that game, at mm. least from Atlanta's side of the ball. Um, but, you know, we'll see. You know, the next the next four is Atlanta, uh, the New York Jets, Green Bay, a bye week, and then Philly. So that could be a fun game. That, that Philly-Chicago game, Jalen Hurts and uh, – and Justin Fields, whew, that could be a nice, that could be a nice uh, quarterback game. But honorable mention, Ceedee Lamb. Uh, we we wrote him off week one, right? He had did. two two receptions on eleven targets. We were like, he can't do it. He's not that dude. According to Fantasy Pros and Half Point PPR leagues, he is number nine. Overall in overall points and number 12 in points per game. Obviously, this week, big week, <laughs> that's gonna help everything total and uh and the points per. But but two guys that after week one, we were like, okay, yeah, we're done, we're out of here. He ain't it. And now we see both of these guys come up in, in week 10. So uh that's that's uh that's my good and my uh, my honorable good. What about you, Drew? What's the uh, what's the bad? I thought uh, originally you're going to go. You said that they were linked, so I thought you're going to go with uh, a Cole Komet mention there with Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of couple of good plays there, but uh, yeah, for for bad, uh, it's funny you, you mentioned that stat line for CD Lamb early in the season: two catches on a high number of targets, low yards, and uh, fantasy darling. For the last couple of years, Kyle Pitts has a couple of weeks now with similar numbers. Uh, two catches the last two weeks each, seven targets last week, eight this week, under 30 yards in both cases. Now, again, there's, I'm sure, plenty of blame to pass around to Mariota and the rest of the team, but uh, they got to find a way to get this guy the ball. If he's athletic, as athletic as everybody, you know, we've seen him pull off some great catches. He does great one-on-one. He gets mismatches. So, um but yeah, for where people have been drafting him, for the value that he's held, uh, I, I'm getting to that point where now uh, I'm curious what it takes to get him from some of these managers that are trying to contend this year that maybe 
they're uh, they're willing to sell a little cheaper there if they can get somebody who like maybe a TJ Hawkinson that's gotten renewed energy going to the Vikings, uh, seeing what the gap is between those two guys in dynasty now. So um, feel sorry for some folks that went early there. Uh, still some season left where you can turn it around, but the last couple of weeks have been uh, pretty tough to watch for uh, the guy that a lot of folks were saying value wise was the T one over the last couple of years. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause I think, some Kyle Pitts truthers have been saying, listen, the Falcons are going to be bad. At some point, they're going to go to Desmond Ritter, and this can all turn around. And Arthur Smith said in a press conference this week, that's not going to happen. It's going to be Marcus Mariota. And they're only a game back from first place in the NFC South. Like, think about that. Like, and that and that was, you know, that was due to a big win by the Buccaneers in Germany this week. You know, they overtook Atlanta. But they're only a game back. You know, maybe that was the win. Maybe the Germany win is the win that catapults the Bucs and they, they start opening it up a little bit. But nothing that the Bucs have done so far makes you – confident that they're just going to start pulling away with this now they had a great game in germany i'm not going to take that away from them but this season has not been the normal dominant tom brady type season so we'll see what happens but i mean arthur smith is happy that he's kind of playing this you know low passing volume high rushing volume you know and they're, and they're winning games and they're only a game out so um i like that one uh, this one is to shout out my co-host from last week, Andrew Hall. We had a question about this guy. Um, Andrew had mentioned that he had uh, dropped an article about this player for Fantasy Pros, and I'm glad that I uh, I hyped up his articles overall, uh, told everybody that was listening to go out and read them. And he mentioned this last week and if you uh if you didn't watch us on on the youtube here we go bad for this week amari cooper three receptions for 32 yards uh andrew mentioned listen all of his big games came at home well they weren't at home last week they were playing against miami in miami and guess what happened well you saw three for 32 it ain't good, and this is something, you know, we did this with Ben Roethlisberger for a while. Oh, ben, Big Ben plays at home? Yeah, fire him up. It doesn't matter who he plays. That guy's going to, you know, have 50 completions, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, he's on the road? All right, let's see who else we, we got in the, uh, in the QB room that we can sub him out for because it didn't matter who he played. It was, was not good. Um, so, I mean, we got to do this, and guess what? It doesn't get better next week because I think they're going to be playing a very pissed off Buffalo Bills team. Um, I don't think anybody's happy about the way that game ended up. And um, it's like I always say, I don't like I don't like being the team that has to play a very good team after they had a tough loss because they usually come out fired up. And that's because of good coaching. And uh, they usually stomp the next team in line. So, I mean. Browns fans, I mean, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but uh, it's not getting much better. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we have to do this for right now. Like, I think we have to kind of do the home, the home road split. I mean, uh, next week they're at Buffalo. I, I mean, I'm sitting them unless I got no other options. I know bye weeks come up, injuries come up, and sometimes you got to start. I had to start Kenny Galladay this week in a league. I was so injured and with so many buys, I had to start Kenny Galladay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, sometimes you're in a position where you don't have a choice in the matter. You don't have guys. You got to fire them up. But if I have guys, I'm not firing up Amari uh, at Buffalo. Um, then Tampa Bay comes to town. All right, I'll start them up in that game. That's fine. Uh, and then. At Houston, 
that's a tough one because you're like, okay, wait a minute, it's a road game, but it's the Texans. <laughs> so when it's Watson's you, first game back, yeah, which is that good or is that bad? <laughs> like, it, it you know, is he gonna knock the mm-hmm. rust off or is it you know, is it that he's gonna come out there and not firing on all cylinders? So Amari Cooper is is an interesting one. But Drew, let's wrap it up. Who you got for the ugly this week? Uh, I don't have a, a specific player, I suppose. Uh, but another end of game and uh, the Monday night game, you know, watching Philly. Uh, tough breaks. You know, they, I think they put up a graphic. They had as many turnovers Monday night as they had all year so far. And uh, a couple of, uh, you know, tough long ball that uh, hurts her out there and great catch love the extra effort but didn't secure the ball turned it over um and then you know absolutely devastating call for the late hit um that sealed the game for them on heineke when he just took a kind of gave himself up there on their last drive and uh so so tough uh to see that that's the way that the eagles lost i would have expected them to lose in a shootout like the bills did you know, something, you know, 35, 38 in overtime or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's a division game, which we know division games are tough. Um, it's tough hearing that the Falcons are a game out of first in the NFC South when, you know, you've got a, a division like the NFC East that has the best winning percentage for all four teams. You got a division like the AFC East where every team is over 500 and the bills at six and three are third place right now. But, um, any given Sunday, man, or any given weekend, uh, amazing to see what happens and just tough, tough way for the Eagles to lose that with turnovers and really kind of a boneheaded play at the end on defense, which in this climate, you know, you can't have any plays like that. Um, and it, it still felt like there was a glimmer of hope that maybe uh, Jalen Hurts and the offense could do something special at the end. But um, yeah, just kind of watching through your fingers there, especially if you're a, an Eagles fan, just watching turnover after turnover. And then to go out uh, kind of with that whimper was, was tough to see. So I have a question for you because obviously being in the Philadelphia area, um, obviously, I mean, the game was on nationwide anyway, but I've watched every Eagles game this year. And this is not the first time the Eagles played the Commanders this year. That first game, the Eagles dominated in every aspect of the game. Offense, defense, special teams, rushing, receiving. It didn't matter. what Pick, pick an aspect of the game. The Eagles were far superior to the Commanders. The only real difference is who was behind center. For the Manders. Carson Wentz versus Taylor Heineke. And I was talking to my my nine-year-old about it because he was upset. He's a big time Eagles fan, so he was upset. You know, the perfect season is over. Uh to the Manders, you know, that that's an extra sting on top of losing the uh the perfect season. And I made I made the reference that Taylor Heineke is the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. He goes out there, he understands he's the backup. He knows that his job can be taken from him at any time. And he just plays with not a care in the world. Throw it into double coverage, eh, no problem. Gets intercepted, no problem. He doesn't care. He he is going to do everything that he can do to win the game. But he's not worried about making mistakes. He's not worried about, you know, uh, it's uh, it's third and three. All right, I got a I got a lane. Let's see if I can pick up four yards. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't. And and I love. By the way, I love that. I love that style. Like I I just love that. Hey, they could cut me tomorrow. And there were some interesting cuts that have happened over the last couple of days. Uh, they could cut me tomorrow, and he's playing like every day could be his last, and I I, yep. I love it. Um, what do you do? 
with Carson Wentz now. Like in in fantasy, you can't do anything. He, he's worth nothing. He's worth zero. Yep. But like it, like in the NFL, like does Carson Wentz ever get anything besides like a backup job for the rest of his career? I like, see it. And it's amazing because teams keep paying for him. <laughs> like yep. it's amazing that teams keep paying for him. But like, yeah, besides being a backup, like I can't imagine a team. I mean, may I guess Marcus Mariota has a job. So maybe I can't say nobody would take him. But what do you got? One or two spots in the league like that where a team is just willing to take someone who started before and you know, while they're trying to rebuild, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned it before too, like almost like a Mitch Trubisky kind of journey, right? Like maybe he needs to go and back up in a good situation you know, stay healthy, quote unquote, for the year because he's not exposed to to big hits a lot. And then, you know, maybe come out after a, an off season and, and get a contract afterwards. But it'll never be uh, it'll never be a major commitment. Um, yeah, I mean, you it's tough because Heineke is he's 10 and nine in all of his starts, including a heartbreaking loss to the to the Bucks in the playoffs where he yeah. almost almost beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So yeah, I, I think you have to keep rolling with him. I think the team embraces that, right? You see the guys, uh, even, even in the post-game interview, you, you mentioned he's staying humble. He understands his place. He's mm-hmm. ready to give the starting position back to Carson, excited for him if he starts again. Uh, but you watch uh, the teammates around him, like, interrupt the interview, you know, hooting and hollering, patting him on the shoulder pads on the way by and stuff. You know, there's mm-hmm. a different energy there. And then, uh, you know, Bill, Bill here in the chat, uh, besides the QB, yes, you have an additional running back with Brian Robinson, which again, different energy there. Um, good, good to see him, and I think it's great for him and Gibson both. You know, to have yeah. that split. It's not great for fantasy, but no. I think it's good for both of them. And I love seeing both those guys get their chance. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if if, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm, I'm I'm rolling with Heineke, and at this point, I know there's so many other business nuances in this, and everybody's got to think about their job and next season, but. Um, I mean, I think he honestly gives you the best chance to win. Uh, I, right. I think Wentz is playing scared. Uh, he doesn't have the the edge that he had in in that season when he looked like he was going to be a front runner for MVP. He looks like he's he's broken, you know. So take a guy and yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is my top three favorite quarterback of all time. It's it's Jim Kelly, it's Peyton Manning, and then it's I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick for me, you know. Um, yeah. So if we got a second second version of Ryan Fitzpatrick, heck yeah, uh, I'm I'm all for that guy. Uh, I love seeing him go out there and seize every moment, like you said, and that's that's what's fun. And I think that's what for us as the the regular people and the fans, that's what uh, inspires us too. It's kind of like both ends of that spectrum, the the absolute underdog, and then you know you watch the guy like you know Tom Brady, and I'm I'm about to hit my 40s here, and it's like, dude, you you go till you're 50, you take one for the old like for the old guys here. Let's go. Um, but yeah, for Heineke, man, I think you have to keep him going no matter how healthy Wentz is until he gives you a reason not to start him. So, so here you go. I, I have a question for you. I want, I want to do a little thought exercise here. So Drew, you hit, you hit Powerball. Do they have Powerball in Tennessee? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you hit, you hit Powerball. You hit one of these one and a half billion dollar Powerballs here. And you and a bunch of uh, great country music singers get together and decide to uh, to get a, an expansion team in Nashville. Not the Tennessee Titans, whatever, Nashville. We're doing this in that. <laughs> right? You're an expansion team. Goodell says, hey, that's a great idea. Nashville. Broadway, everybody loves it. We're going to do it. You're going to have your expansion draft. And for the quarterback position, you can only take Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke. You're in charge. All the, all the big country music stars are saying, hey, we're just here to drink some beer and watch some football. We want you making those executive-level decisions. Who is Drew choosing? Those are the only two that you can take. Everyone else has been protected. 
You got no shot at anyone else. Uh, I think I take Heineke in a in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's not even hard. That like, and that's the sad part that the the undrafted quarterback from Old Dominion. It is. It's not even close to a former number two overall pick. That that's crazy, but that's where we're at at this point. Like you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you would have said Carson Wentz, we, we would have had to have a a, a verbal <laughs> joust here. A little uh, intervention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he he's a guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so many things. You think about the community too, and it's yeah, absolutely blue collar. Let's go. Give me the give me the guy that's out there fighting every week for his job. Yeah. I mean, and and like you said too, he he brings he brings that leadership aspect where you know his teammates are rallying around him. They, you know they're looking to him. They're saying, "All right, you're the boss out here. What do we do?" We're, and he's like, and he's confident in that role. He's not, you know, it's not too big for him. Yeah, and you know, I, I love it. Yeah. Speaking of leadership moments too, what a what a moment in the locker room afterwards, right? I don't know if you saw that clip of Rivera starting the post-game speech and having to walk away and, you know, Terry McLaurin stepping in, which, again, he could have been he could have been a good this week, too. Guy's an absolute yeah. baller. Oh, yeah. Oh, Heineke, yeah. I think, unlocks that for him. So it's like watching the old days of uh, a Fitzgerald and uh, a Stevie uh, – what kind of think of his last name uh, for the Bills? Oh, Stevie Johnson? Stevie Johnson, right? It's like they, they were a, a, a match made in heaven – Throw it up there, go and make the catch. Let's go. I, you know, McLaurin is, I think, definitely a better, better player in general. But that type of unlock for him, where, you know, go throw it up there, let him make the play. Um, so, really cool to see that uh, afterwards as well. Which again, you know, I, I hope Rivera uh, has a uh, has the opportunity to succeed with Heineke. It'd be good for both of them. But yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned it earlier that the the NFC East. Every team is 500 or above. Like, that's crazy. Like, and the jokes have been made over the last few years at the NFC least, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, every team, I mean, obviously, um, you know, Philly with a tough loss. The Giants were on by, so they kind of <laughs> were able to skate out of it. Uh, the Cowboys with a terrible loss, and then you know, obviously the the Commanders with the uh, big time win. So, yeah, I mean, right now the way things are looking, it, it it's a long shot, <laughs> but the NFCs could send all of their teams, in. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of nutty. But I think I think the the Commanders are like one game out from that seventh spot. Yeah. So like. Yeah, with the new format, right? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, they could, they could. I mean, I don't. I'm not predicting it happen, but right now, if the playoffs were to start today, the Commanders would be one game out of that seventh yeah. playoff spot. Hey, which is, five, five of the five or six of those fourteen playoff teams could be from the Eastern divisions, from AFC East, NFC East. And if if we would have said that, if we would have if we would have told you both New York teams. Are currently playoff teams, and no, nope. the Commanders are in the hunt. Like if I were told you those two, those three teams are either in or in the hunt, you would have laughed so hard. And look, here we are now. We're looking at these teams like we don't know quite how they win, but they win. <laughs> they do it, and that's all that matters. You know, they listen. All uh, you know, the two New York teams might get smacked in the first round. They might just get their their doors blown off, but they made it there. Like, yep. Like, and I I've been wondering this for weeks, and I've kept it to myself because I'm like, the wheels are going to fall off for the Giants. The wheels are going to fall off, and they haven't fallen off. What do the Giants do with Danny Dimes? Like you, we, you draft a quarterback. If, if they're in a position to draft a quarterback, I, I don't know what they have for picks next year, if they have a chance to. But if they don't, but, if they're late and they yeah. don't have a shot at a – I think they, they, have to, they have to take it another year with them. If they're, if they're a 10-win playoff team, they're, they're drafting in the 20s. Yep. 
They're not drafting them. Like, yeah. I, I mean, so maybe they don't somebody, have somebody else's pick, right? They don't have anybody maybe else's. Maybe somebody falls. I don't think they have anyone else's yeah. pick. Maybe somebody falls. Maybe they trade up. I guess that's a, always a possibility. But like, now nah, you get another legit wide receiver for for that offense. Yeah. yeah, like you have other holes to fill. I mean, as good as they yeah. are, they have holes. Yep. So it's not a, you know, it, it, it's not a oh just you know trade up and get a quarterback. It's all you need, yeah. you know, to win a Super Bowl. Like they have holes, but like, but here's the thing: what do you have to say? Even if you only want Danny Dimes for a year, what do you have to sign him to? Because guess uh, what? Teams teams make bad decisions all the time. We see it. And I don't think a like two-year, $30 million contract is going to get you Danny Dimes. Where Where is he? Is he he's in his fourth year now, or is he in his fifth year currently? He's in, he's in his fourth year, and they already rejected his fifth-year option. So he's okay. a free agent after this year. So, gosh. Like, they could so, be competing with somebody else that wants to throw $30 million at him. And that's what I'm saying. Like, oh God. you know, there, there are going to be teams, you know, Tom Brady's going to retire. You know, big, big win by Green Bay. But if they kind of continue on what they've been doing, they're not making the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers might say, screw this. I made $50 million this year. I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later. You know, the, obviously there, there's going to be teams, you know, looking at the quarterback position. All right. Hey, what's going on? Like the Texans. I mean, they're going to yep. be in a spot to draft a quarterback. Yeah. But Saints. Saints. The Falcons. Seahawks. I don't know, Gino. I think they love Gino. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think they love – I mean, I mean Gino, look what Gino has done for them. I mean, it's hard well, not Gino, to. It. Gino's another guy. Like, he is. I don't know. I, I think he actually has an extra year. I think he signed, like, a two-year. But, okay. like, Gino's another guy where it's like, God, what do you do with Gino? Like, you know, the, and there could be some – there could be some – legit openings or it's like okay like so i don't know if like a a, a two-year 15 mil per gets you yeah, the cards might and then it's like 50 million or something like that and then it's like if you if danny dimes goes somewhere up goes somewhere else then you got to play the carousel and hope you land in the rights like that's yeah it's going to yeah. be interesting. I can't it wait will. to see it because if they if they go ten and seven and they're in the yeah. playoffs, but what a, what a difference a healthy Saquon makes, right? And, and a good coach because and what that. has been what has been the knock on Danny Dimes? The turnovers, he yep. fumbles the ball, he throws interceptions. This dude is playing clean this year. And that's a big reason why they're winning games because they're not blowing teams out. They're winning a lot of oh, close yeah. Last games. Last possession. Yeah. And why is that? Because Danny Dimes isn't turning the ball over. Yeah, he's he's not, not losing it. He's not giving the opposing offense two or three extra series in which to score points. And I think Brian Dable is smart enough to understand that with what he has at, on hand right now, he can't afford to give anybody any extra offensive possessions because if he does, he doesn't have the horses to come back. Yeah. He's got Saquon, as you mentioned. He's got a pretty good defense, actually. A resurgent Darius Slayton from year one. Okay, yeah, you can have him. <laughs> um, and like, like a, a Danny Dimes that's kind of playing with his head and not playing, you know, we talked, yep. I talked about it earlier. Oh, Taylor Heineke, I love that he just doesn't care, but it's different when you're a backup. Yeah. Like you don't care because that starter is going to eventually come in. So you might as well just show yeah. off yeah. and hope that someone sees it when you're the starter and you were, what was he? The number eight or something. Yeah. I was going to say six. So somewhere in that six to yep. 10 area, you know, there's a different standard. You have to be, great you know you're a top 10 
NFL pick, you have to be great. He's doing it without his legs this year too, which I think he that is. was always kind of like that safety net. Okay, great. He might turn it over once or twice, but he's going to make up those points with yeah. a big run here or there. And he's not having to do that this year, which is. Well, that, that, that sniper got him a couple seasons ago. And I think he, uh, he hasn't been the same since. Yeah. That talk's a little sticky out there around the 20 or the 15. Yeah. So I'll hit you with the ugly, with my ugly. Yeah. Chase Claypool. And we talked about his quarterback earlier <laughs> as a good, but Chase Claypool trade deadline comes the bears trade their second round pick, not the additional second round pick that they got from um, Baltimore in the Roquan Smith Smith trade, which is their pick. It's going to probably be a higher pick. The bears are probably going to be drafting higher than the, than the Ravens. And we are like, well, you know, they are, they're trying to give him weapons, right? They're trying to, what, what were you were yelling about at the beginning of the season? They gave him no weapons and they, oh, you know, Chase Claypool is not going to have to fight Deontay Johnson and, and George Pickens anymore. And, you know, Pat Fryer moved and Najee Harris and, you know, Hey, it's going to be him and Darnell Mooney, right? We, we had some hope for him. Hope sprung eternal. One reception for eight yards. You traded a second round pick for one reception for eight yards. By the way, last week, two receptions for 13 yards. That's what you traded a second round pick for. Okay. <laughs> I saw that trade go down and I was like, wait, a second round pick? And probably like a top, at that time, it was a top 10 because this was before. They just said, all right, Justin, run it 15 times a game and <laughs> get a whole bunch of points that way. So it was looking like a top 10 pick. But, it, I mean, I doubt the Bears are going to be a playoff team. I mean, maybe they are. I should I should actually check Who that knows? out. I'll, I mean, I'll yeah, the Vikings leading the division. No, um, the Eagles still have it because they have the tiebreaker against the uh, – oh, Yeah, for the toilet, but uh, for the NFC North. Oh, yeah. Vikings number one. Bears have got to be close to number two. Vikings probably have number two. Bears a close third, and then the Lions. All right, so I got it here. Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. So Bears are actually still fourth in that division. Wow, okay. Um, they're only a half game behind the Lions because the Lions have had their bye and the Bears haven't yet. They both have three wins currently. Um, the Vikings are running away with that division. They have a four-game lead right now. So, um, or I guess technically a three-and-a-half lead, or is that a four-and-a-half game lead? I don't know. But either way, the Vikings have had their bye. The Packers haven't yet, but – the, back, the the Vikings have double the amount of wins. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so probably they, not a playoff team. But not a playoff team. Um, it's funny that the, you know, we're talking about this, the fourth place team in the NFC East would be tied for first in the NFC South. <laughs> Just shows you sometimes the, uh, the talent disparity. Um, but yeah, I mean, technically, technically the the commanders right now are a half game out of the last playoff spot due to the fact that uh, due to the fact of buys, uh, they've had their buy and uh, San Francisco, or excuse me, San Francisco has had their buy already, and the commanders have not. Mm. So. Um, yeah, so you could see four teams from the NFC East if this keeps going the way it's going in the playoffs, which would be absolutely insane. I mean, there's never been a year where all four have made it in from any division, right? No, no. Because, I mean, the seven, the seven teams just started a couple yeah. couple years ago. Which I, so. I remember it used to be, what, like the AFC South one year or maybe the NFC West, like one year it was 
Mm. It was all so close. They were all like, yeah, three of them that were there, two of them plus a, a wild card. Yeah, two yeah. wild cards. So, yeah. But that would be, <laughs> that would be historic. All right. We got a good question here. I want, I want to hit this question right here from our, from our boy Puff Pass Kick. Either you guys have Pittman chairs, having trouble getting rid of them, have a contending team with Cup and Hollywood on IR. Think Hollywood will be back soon, so I hope that works out for you. Uh, he still has Amon Ra and DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not feeling like Pittman is an alpha. So why don't we talk about the last part of that first? Actually, let me leave that up here. Yeah. Drew, do you think Pittman is an alpha? Uh, no, I don't think he's in the same category as we mentioned earlier, a CD lamb or Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase, um, Cooper cup Hopkins in his, his peak. I think Pittman is a, a very good, I, I think he is, uh, I, I would still rather have T Higgins than Pittman, but okay. I think they're in a similar type of a place where I don't know that either one of them is going to be the guy on their team. Um, but if you put a good wide receiver across from them, they're going to do damage. Uh, and some of that comes with competent quarterback play as well. I don't think Pittman is talented enough and quite quarterback proof like a DeAndre Hopkins or what we've seen you know, from Mike Evans over the years and some guys like that. Yeah, so I will say, and I know it's blasphemous to say this, but I, I've been pretty consistent. I haven't really been all about Michael Pittman from from day one. I I didn't see a lot of the things that everyone else saw. Obviously, like week one was the week where every player that I bashed during the <laughs> offseason went off, and, and Michael Pittman was one of them. Made me look foolish. Um, I do think he can be an alpha, though. As crazy as as those contradicting statements that just came out of my mouth sound. I think the problem is is that there's there's not even a two B or a three B at the wide receiver position currently in Indianapolis. I think it's Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, who I loved for the longest time, but at this point, I, he's going to have his flash games, but like. Is there a guy across from him that you're really like, oh, this guy is is pretty damn good, you know? I mean, you had, you know, your team, the Buffalo Bills, you have Stephon Diggs, who is an obvious alpha, but mm-hmm. then you have Gabe Davis, who can do some things in certain situations and really make you look foolish, and you have to account for him, you know? He, for fantasy, he's an up and down player, and it's, you know, you got to take those peaks and valleys. But NFL, yeah. an NFL defensive coordinator going up against the Bills is going to say, obviously, we have to do everything we can to limit Stephon Diggs because you don't stop that man. But they're also saying, like, okay, like we have to make sure that Gabe Davis doesn't get wide open somewhere in the middle of the field and then, you know, bust us up for a 65-yard touchdown. So he's definitely on defensive coordinators' minds when they game plan for the Bills. Is there another player? Is there another wide receiver that is on a defensive coordinator's mind when you play the Colts? Not, no. not out there. Jonathan Taylor. It's about right. it. Right. Right. But there's not another not receiver. A, not a tight end. Yeah. Uh, you know, Puff Ass Kick mentioned here, you know, Alec Pierce, he, he's flashed a couple of times and, you know, he had a late touchdown a couple of weeks ago and, and made up for mistake earlier. Um, but still, I, I don't know that the duo, the maturing duo of Pittman and Pierce is going to be elite. They're not going to be in that top duo of, of receivers conversation like Tyreek and Waddle, um, et cetera, et cetera. Even like Diggs, you mentioned Diggs and, Ga- and Davis and some others, Chase and, and uh, Higgins. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I. I don't know that I see him as that alpha. Uh, looking at here, a couple of the, the offers he's sending. So Diggs, you mentioned Pittman in a second. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that getting, getting done, uh, especially with the way Diggs has been playing over the last month or so. Um, you know, he's got another what couple of years of probably elite production that he could have. 
uh, in that Bills offense. So, you know, that's probably Pittman in a first or maybe Pittman in a 24 first would start yeah. that conversation. Um, Pittman and a third and fourth. For, yeah, you're going to need Pittman in a second probably to talk about Olave with what he's flashed already. If you think about the quarterback play that Olave's had, I mean, it's Andy Dalton. Um, and then uh, Kyler and Pittman for Fields, Mooney, and a third. Yeah, I mean, Kyler versus Fields at this point. I don't know. What, that's an interesting one there. How do you compare those two quarterbacks in terms of value, Josh? Give me Fields all day. Yeah. Like, um, and, and here's the thing. Pe- people are going to scream. They're going to go, this is, this is bias. This is, you've seen the last two weeks of, of Justin Fields going nuts and you're, you know. But here's, here's the thing. We've heard all not all, but we've heard a lot of the behind the scenes stories about Kyler. He's not really a film room guy. He's not, you know, he, he doesn't have an issue getting mad at his coach when, you know, he makes a bonehead play. Like, you know, listen, we saw the same thing with Aaron Rodgers at the end of that, that, uh, that Packers Cowboys game. He's, or that might not have been the half. It might've actually been like around halftime, not at the end of the game, but he's yelling at, at, at LaFleur. He's yelling at his head coach. And guess what? You don't have to like him as a person, but he's done enough on the field to kind of warrant being able to yell at his coach. Multiple MVPs, a Super Bowl win. I mean, how many double-digit win seasons does he have under his belt? You kind of are allowed to be a little bit, you know, jerkish. Yeah, you get a voice. when When you have all of that under your belt. What does Kyler Murray have under his belt? Anyone no MVP? Anyone no Super Bowl? How many double-digit win seasons does he have? One? Like, to be yelling at your coach? And by the way, he yells at his coach when he makes a bad play. And my thing is, if you don't like the play call, you can audible out of it. Yeah, change it. And if it's consistently happening, you need to sit down with your head coach and say, hey, I'm the starting quarterback of this team. I don't like the way these plays are being called. Let's try to come up with some stuff that, you know, make us both. So, yeah, give me fields all day. Uh, puff pass, puss, ooh, puff pass kick. Let's try that. I can do it. I promise. Here's the thing. When you're the, when you're the contender, you got you to gotta, you gotta splash your money into the pot. Yeah. And, you know, hey, listen, we all, we all get away with a steal sometimes. We all, you know, make a little deal and, you know, hey, and, you know, we slip one past the goalie. but. You know, I mean, you want digs? I mean, I think I think Drew is right. It, it's it's Pittman and a first to start. And if I'm if I don't know if this is a rebuild that has digs, but if I'm a rebuild, boy, I'm gonna want the whole the whole thing, man. I'm gonna you. I would tell you to keep Pittman. Yep. And I would be just looking for Show a whole picks. Do you have a, a Devonta Smith type player? Do you have a um trying to think of younger guys, you know? Hey, listen, here's a guy that's not gonna not gonna help you out this year, but could be something if he can ever stay healthy. Yeah, you got a Rashad Bateman in some picks. You have mm-hmm. a um I mean Jameson Williams before he hits the field. Give me that Jameson Williams. I love that one. Give me Jameson Williams and some picks, you know, but you you kind of need to pay up. You got you got to be able to splash your chips in the middle of the pot and go. All right, I'm all in, you know, and be willing to to possibly pay the consequences if it doesn't get you a championship. But you know, I that that's when I am really like when I'm a contender contender. I'm like, all right, dude. I'll, I'll you know, I was. Uh, I was in a league a couple years ago, and I remember this, and people thought I was nuts. I was like, this was a 16-team league. I paid a first for Martin Cooper. Why? Because I was a contender. I was a top three team. I needed a wide receiver. Guess what? That pick, even in worst-case scenario, I don't win the whole thing. That's the 13th pick in the first round. For Martin Cooper, let's go. 
and the team was rebuilding. They were like, it's a first-round pick. I need assets. So it was a win-win. But people were like, dude, you paid a first for Amari Cooper? I was like, yeah. Yeah. And if, and if the dude would have come back and countered like a first and a second, I probably would have still said yeah because I'm trying to win a chance. I had won the previous year, so I was defending the championship. And that's some pride on the line right there. I was coming in hot. I was like, listen, I'm a top three team. Let's go. I was like second or third in points scored. I was like second and third or second or third in record. Like everything said, hey, this is your time. Get get it done. Yeah. And you get it done. But this one says commission this league has T. Higgins and Devonta Smith. He's in a rebuild. Feel like Pittman and Smith are comparable in value. But Smith has upside with Goddard out. What would you offer for T. Higgins? All right, this is an interesting one. What would you offer for T. Higgins? Jarrah, I'll let you start this one I, off. I think Pittman in the second is what it would take for me. If I was if I had T. Higgins, because again, you're looking at uh, you know, similar age, and I I prefer T. Higgins pretty strongly over Michael Pittman. Uh, again, I I probably have them in a similar tier, or maybe, you know, T. Higgins is at the top of his tier. Uh, and then Pittman may be in the top of his tier or the bottom of the one that Higgins is in. So again, it, it all depends on where you have your rankings there, but um, I, it's a significant enough difference between Higgins and Pittman for me that I'd, I'd want that second. Uh, you know, I think Pittman could end up having similar points per game or total points at the end of the season. Uh, but Higgins, Higgins has the better quarterback, the better offense right now. He has the opportunity. He has that ceiling. He could go for 150 and two touchdowns any given week. And I, I don't think you can say that about Pittman right now. So give me, if you're making that push, then yeah, I, I would rather make that. Uh, so that's the question. Like, would I rather do Pittman a first and a second to get to Diggs, or would you rather do Pittman in the second to get to Higgins? I mean, if I'm a contender, give me the dominant player. So. That's where you got to count the cost a little bit and see what it's worth to you. Um, so, because yeah, I don't, I don't think Hopkins maintains this pace, especially when Hollywood comes back. I don't know that Murray right now is supporting two elite wide receivers. I know Ertz is out for the season, so you know it, the the targets can maybe spread around a little bit differently. But looking at the wide receivers you've got, yeah, I think if you're if you're making that push, like go all in on digs, figure out what it's going to take to get there. Um, it's a it's a step up to get to Higgins, but I don't know that Higgins is going to make your team that much better where it's going to make you feel like you have that much of a, a better shot at winning it all this year. Whereas Diggs, I mean, he could go for 200 yards and, and a touchdown any given week as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you said, the commission has T Higgins and Devonta Smith. If he's rebuilding, I don't see why he would trade Smith. Unless, um, a father type offer, he gets an offer he can't refuse. But for T. Higgins, I the first offer I'm making is Pittman for Higgins, and here's why: I'm not adding anything to the Pittman side as the first offer, because there are a lot of people, and we hear we hear it, Drew. We we listen to podcasts. We're on Twitter. We're talking to people, a lot of Pittman truthers out there. And it's real easy for somebody to say, look, the culture quarterback, whether it's in free agency, maybe they get Danny Dimes, right? They're going to get themselves a quarterback, whether it's in free agency or the draft. They're not going to play, you know, they're not going to play the one-year quarterback bingo anymore. They're going to get a, a guy that's going to be there for a few years who will probably be an upgrade over what the the previous two quarterbacks have been uh, so far. So you can kind of make a narrative to the Pittman truther. Hey, listen, I'll give you, look, I'm trying to win. I need T. Higgins. But this Michael Pittman, he's, you're building. You need a Michael Pittman. Now, that could get rejected because obviously – I mean, if the commission is your friend or you've been in this league for a while, you probably know um, his opinion on Michael Pittman. 
But if you don't, you throw it out there, see what happens. Maybe he's like me, not a Michael Pittman guy. Okay, fine. That's when you go, all right, Pittman and two seconds. No, no. All right, Pittman in that 24 first. Come on, let's make it a deal. T. Higgins, we're done. And then you write T. Higgins. I know T. Higgins did not have a good week last week, but if you look at what he did the previous three weeks, you would have been more, more than happy to have T. Higgins on your team. So um, that's, that's what I would do. And obviously, if, if you want to big boy the, the trade, try to get both of them. Get, get Pittman a first, two seconds, and see if you can get Higgins and Smith. But that's, you know, if you just need one guy, I go for Higgins. I don't think the guy is going to trade Smith. Um, there you go. He, I want to put this one up here. So he's in a weird rebuild. He's got a lot of older players and picks them up off waivers, tries to sell them, just seems obsessed with having picks. I think Pittman in a second will work. Hey, and you know the league. You know kind of the, the yeah. marketplace. You know the value. So I would say, you know, yeah, throw Pittman in a second out there. And if he hits accept, you know, throw yourself a party. Have a good time because I think I still think that's a steal. So um, throw it out there. See what happens because why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? He says no. All right, you go back to him and say, yep. "All right, what's it going to take? I want, I want T. Higgins. What's it, what's it going to take?" Yep. Obviously, I'm willing to give you Michael Pittman. What do I need to do on type of Michael Pittman to get T. Higgins back? So uh, that's that's a good one, though. Uh, puff pass kick. That that's a good one. And actually, I was while we were while you were talking, I was actually looking at Tankathon to see <laughs> where the Colts will be. And if the draft was to happen today, they'd have the 15th pick and they would pretty much be struck out on all of the yeah. high, high impact quarterbacks. Um, and that, that's kind of the thing is like, man, what do you do in these situations? I mean, the, ne the next quarterback, which is actually very interesting by Tankathon, is taken at 23 by the Jets. <laughs> so okay. uh, I, I don't I don't see how a team that's right now classified as a playoff team would go ahead and take a quarterback after taking a quarterback with the number two pick. But you know, so it looks like right now, you know, the next quarterback taken is gonna be in that twenties range. So do you do you just jump the gun and take them? About ten spots too early. Do you try to trade down and hope? You know, there's a lot of things going on, and who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe by the time the uh, the draft season gets into full effect, you know, that quarterback, which is Hendon Hooker uh, from Tennessee, who Tennessee. is going to take at twenty three. Maybe, maybe he keeps rising up and he gets to fifteen, but you know. And then they traded picks. They 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 traded picks to get Carson Wentz, and then they got picks uh -huh. to get rid of them. But the, they don't even up, so it's kind of like do what you got to do. But um, Drew, is there is there anything you want to? Uh, here here's one actually. Before I ask you if there's anything you want to talk about, what about Eno Benjamin getting cut? Guy guy was starting some games. Yeah, he was scoring. He had a couple of good weeks there. And then they, they shoo, gave him the axe. Yeah, that they hurts That him. hurts uh, one of my zero RB teams. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You still got zero RBs. You're good. <laughs> Isn't that how it's supposed to work? It makes, it makes a statement, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that that's crazy. It'll be interesting to see who picks them up. Um, yeah. Dallas Goddard getting hurt is crazy. Yeah, that was uh, again another tough, tough way to to have the turnover there. Right, clear face mask on the replay, lose the ball and get your your uh, 
all pro tight end hurt in the process. <sighs> yeah, it, it was just a tough, tough week. Uh, I like Dallas Goddard. He's always been kind of on that fringe of a top end tight end. So typically somebody get a value. Uh, I think we have him in one of our leagues. We we got him as a, a fairly decent value there, but uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully he recovers quickly and, you know, can be a part of the playoff run and stuff, but uh, yeah, not, not a, a good, good replay. And I, I'll be honest, I can't believe the Philly crowd didn't go, go a little harder at the, the refs after watching that on the big, big screen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's tough. You know, we've all been saying, you know, Zach Ertz is finally out of town. It's, it's time. It's time for Goddard. Let's go. And, you know, it, he was, he was playing well, you know, this isn't to say he wasn't playing well, but that, that's a tough way. You know, I, I put in some bids for Jack Stoll just to see what happens. Probably, probably he's nothing. He's Peyton Hender shot, so to speak. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'll throw my dollar. Actually, I didn't, I, I got him in a couple leagues and I, I, I know I've been zero? zero on him in every league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got him in a couple leagues. I actually remember now that I did not bet bid a single fab dollar over all my leagues on Jack Stoll. I said, hey, we didn't get him, to- did we? No. 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 But here you go. Uh, another one to talk about. I, I think we can end on this one since he, uh, he destroyed my Cowboys life. Christian Watson. Yeah. What? Has he arrived? Was it just a lucky, a lucky day for the rookie? I mean, it takes something for Rogers to go back to you after you drop two passes in the first half. Right. Uh, so you, you damn well better catch everything else that he throws at you. Um, I will tell you for the couple of teams that I had kind of that later mid first, like the 108 to 110 this past year, I took him a couple times over a Sky Moore. Um, I don't think I drafted a Sky Moore anywhere when I had the chance. There's only two or three places, but uh, to Christian Watson, it was disappointing to see him hurt early. Um, so I, I liked what I saw from him as far as coming into the draft and you know, obviously you're rolling the dice on, you know, will he be somebody that Rogers can trust and kind of latch on to? So it could be the start of that. Um, I'm I'm certainly not beyond moving him now, too. If somebody is gonna run with that narrative that now he's Rogers guy, uh, he's gonna turn into that. Uh, I think if you can if you can turn that around and make more than what you spent, like if you can get a random 23 first for him now, if he gets a little bit of that George Pickens kind of treatment, uh, Go for it. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I've got a couple of leagues where he's my, you know, really wide receiver, like six, seven, based on the other depth that I've got. And it would take a little bit more probably to move him. Um, Cause it, yeah, I think at that point it's worth holding and seeing what happens over the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I hope it's a, a good sign of things to come, but who knows? Rogers is fickle. All right. So, so let's play a game here. Let's let's play the the Christian Watson game. You have Christian Watson, and I'm I'm hyped now. I'm excited. Christian Watson, he's that dude, right? Three three touchdowns, just eviscerated the Cowboys. I'm giving you two twenty three seconds, two o two and two o six is where it's going to end up. You making a I don't think so. I think I'm no. I'm hanging on to it for those. You hanging on? So it has to be a first for you. Yeah. I don't I don't think he gets a first yet, but if he comes out next week and goes for, you know, goes six for a hundred and a touchdown, now I think you might start getting some people, you know, raising a little eyebrow. What's going on here? Do I do I do it? Do I send that? Uh, 
So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. Like, you know, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all in on Christian Watson yet. Um, he had a hell of a game. Can't take that away from him. Um, I actually won in the league because I play in a league where you get a uh, you get a Tuesday switch. So pretty much what happens is the commissioner will take the highest scoring player off your bench and replace them with somebody at the same position. Mm. So Christian Watson. I hope you had Chase Watson, Claypool on that team too. <laughs> uh, I it was not a, a Chase Claypool it, uh, that he got replaced with, but um, obviously uh, thirty three and a half points coming off your bench, your starting lineup as a uh, as the Mulligan was uh, was not too bad. It was uh, it wasn't a bad day for me at so um, yeah. Uh, so he did help me win a league this week, <laughs> but um, I'm not there yet with the. Uh, Hey, let's give up a first form. Uh, but if you can get a first form, you take that thing and you run, man. Yeah. Now, any first? One twelve. Yeah, I think I take. I think I, I take any twenty three first. Okay. I like it. I like it. So, while we end on that note, uh, and I want to say thank you to everybody in the chat. Always great to see you guys uh, talking, throwing your questions out. Always fun. Uh, remember, hit subscribe, hit the bell, hit the thumbs up, and uh, make sure you you bring it on down. We we love the interaction with everybody. If you're doing a podcast thing, um, appreciate you guys. Over an hour here, and you guys are listening. You guys are jammed with us. Remember. Um, do you know make sure you subscribe if you were referred by a friend or you just kind of found us and then do the rate review that always out and i think on that note drew we are out of here late <laughs>